Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Episode 34. Wow. I cannot I believe how mature we have gotten. 34. What yeah. age? What are we doing dealing with at Those 34? numbers are sequential. Uh-huh. We're probably spending a year just reeling from that realization. <laughs> oh my God. One, two, three, four. It's right there. It's in the code. I'm totally. Jim Carrey in the number 23. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Remember him? Uh, yeah, I do. I yeah. do. I love Jim Carrey. I actually follow him on Instagram. Uh- he says some nice little spiritual philosophical ditties that I appreciate. He's my exemplar of a comedian who has figured out the wisdom of comedy. Yes. And has changed his whole approach to society and yeah. social life as a result of he's like he got the big joke. He's enlightened. Yes. And for sure. I think one path to enlightenment is that comedian's route of totally playing the fool, embracing all of the flaws and the things not to do. And you can be a monk and you can be super pious or you can. I think that Buddhism actually has this as like one route to enlightenment is to completely go through the, the hedonist pleasure seeking mm. all of the flaws that you can't like take it all in. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you'll like by completing it's like shooting the moon in hearts. You know, ah, that, that I do. expressions like get yes, all do. of the bad cards. Yeah. And then if you can actually do that, then everybody else gets what? 26 points and you yes. get zero. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that like you can find enlightenment at the end of the road of anything that you go deep enough into, mm. because in order to recognize that, oh, I can't get enlightened by like doing this, like committing as hard as I can to one thing and like having that, uh, reaching the end of that path. It's like, you have to get past that point where you're like, oh, wow, I put all this effort and time and energy into this and it still didn't work. Like that's how the Buddha got enlightened because he like did all this shit, sat under the tree, thought about everything. And then he was like, fuck, I'm still not enlightened. I give up. Yeah. And that's when he was enlightened. (laughs) the idea. Uh, By letting go of the attachment to the outcome of enlightenment. Exactly. I see. Hmm. I've experienced one moment like this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to share it in the podcast, but I just want you to know that I'm enlightened. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Did you hear that, guys? <laughs> Rob's enlightened. He's just not going to tell us how. I want you to know I could be the Buddha, but I'm choosing instead to hold on to my worldly flaws mm-hmm. and stick around by mm-hmm. maintaining a couple vices so that I can mm-hmm. help you guys get to where I could have gone. Sort of the Jesus route, like it's, live among them. It's a bodhisattva, <laughs> I believe is the name for this type of person. But yeah, exactly. Just want okay. you guys to know that I'm Christ. Anyway, <laughs> we got a good ass lightning round today. I think that yeah. was a good, concise intro. Yeah, I think Let's so too. Let's get into the meat and chicken of our podcast. The meat and the chicken. The poultry and <laughs> the, the square and the rectangle. And the mammal meat. <laughs> rectangle and the square. Um, yeah, I uh, am ready for that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so the theme of today's episode loosely uh, is kind of que- questions about different things that come up in relationship uh, or with different relationships. So the lightning round. Can Before you start, can you just turn up your gain a little bit? Up. I don't want you. Yeah. You're kidding. You're a little too quiet. Did you hear that, guys? I was too quiet. Not so much. Okay. Not so much? That's good. No, we're good. Okay. I could tell you were looking at me Uh, like I'm doing something wrong. I don't know what it is yet, but he's about to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the hot water knob on the shower. Mine is so sensitive where if you just just tap it a little bit, it's like, oh, I'm scolded. (laughs) So you got to be like. Yeah. 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 
I have to keep playing that game over and over because yeah. my shower gradually gets hotter without mm. me doing anything. So I'm always having to like recalibrate. Mm. I don't know what the fuck's going on with the pipes. What back do you think there. this means about your psyche? Nothing. <laughs> Thankfully, it's one thing I can safely say means nothing about in my internal what world. What is your plumbing in your building a <laughs> manifestation of your own psyche? Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. What childhood drama do you think isn't. caused the water to be so hot? <laughs> That I love that 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 is such a caricature <laughs> of like how I look at everything about the world, and this Me is the too. one thing I can concretely be too. like nothing. There is no connection <laughs> whatsoever. Thank Jeebus. Well, maybe you think that, but all will be revealed as you <laughs> enter into my infinite wisdom. It, yes, yes, yes. Your enlightened face. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, indeed. Uh huh. Indeed. Uh, first question in the lightning round comes to us from I am guys, G U I S E, uh, like the noun mm-hmm. guys. Okay. Um, my wife and I are looking for suggestions on things to do together in the colder months. My wife and I love going for walks in the spring, summer, and early fall. We get some exercise. We have some time to digest our day and talk to each other. And our cat even likes to come with us on occasion. Come late win- late fall and winter, we deactivate. We resort to watching TV when we choose to hang out, and we both end up feeling distant and inactive. We've considered simply bundling up and going for a walk anyways. However, it's dark out by the time we get home from work and our neighborhood is not safe at night. We realized this pattern last year and tried to take action on breaking it but haven't found anything yet. Here are our requirements. Number one, it has to be inexpensive slash free slash a one-time investment. Mm-hmm. We considered going to the trampoline park, but that would simply get too costly. Sure. Number two. <laughs> Great idea, though. I know. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> oh, I've been. I'll tell you I want to go to a trampoline I'll park. I'll tell you. Uh, number two. We have to be able to converse during a portion of the activity. Mm, good. Number three. We would prefer it to be something active, although this isn't a strict requirement. We were playing Minecraft with each other for a while, mm-hmm. and that was pretty enjoyable. We would love to hear any ideas you have. Great. Great. Uh, I love this question. Yeah. Something that I've wrestled with. Uh, if I may reframe the problem and sure. just put it in my own words, mm-hmm. sounds like uh, winter comes around and you find yourself being more passive and stuck in a routine with your partner and you love doing new things with them and you mm-hmm. like the excitement that it provides both of you and you like that company. So you want to figure out something that you can do indoors cheaply and uh, that allows you some conversation not something where yeah. you're both like wearing headphones and not allowed to speak yeah. or something like that. I want to silent meditation tweak is this. not a good one. Um, I don't think that it necessarily has to be something new because they're saying oh, that sure. it, they go on a walk and that's their routine. Right. So I think the requirements are mostly that it's something they can do a lot without cost building up. Yes. Something where they can still talk to each other so they can digest their days, but something where they're active. So they're kind of like getting a, moving a little bit. Yes. Um, I want to first just challenge that you actually don't want to spend any money Mm. maybe you ask your rich father for a million (laughs) dollars and you both buy vr headsets and get face-to-face treadmills and then you film with a gopro which can be purchased for about i don't know five hundred dollars or something you get a gopro um 360 view of the walk that you used to take around dusk um, in the summer months and then you put on these vr headsets and you walk together on uh, your treadmills in your house. Okay. Wow. So now if you don't have a couple thousand dollars (laughs) to invest in this investment that I've just suggested, I have some other suggestions, which might be more in the sub $100 range. If that's what you're 
limiting yourself to for whatever reason that <laughs> just is. Just for for kicks, let's hear the second thing. Okay, just for kicks, <laughs> sure. Because definitely do the, the d- dual treadmill VR thing. But if you're not going to do that, yeah. um, arts and crafts projects. Oh, Very yes. fun, collaborative, and like, you know, you can just go to a, here's what I'd recommend. Someday you have a Sunday off or something, go to a flea market or someplace where people are making their own crafts and get inspired by somebody who makes enamel pins or an illustrator, somebody who like remixes pop culture things that you like, or even like fashion crafting, you know, somebody who makes clothing, somebody who makes strange things into lamps. Um, <laughs> you know, there's lots and lots of versions of this that don't take a lot of technical skill that I'm inspired by like, huh, the lamp thing, particularly yesterday yeah. I went to the Melrose trading post and I saw somebody who had taken driftwood and just like run a a black cord with a light bulb socket uh-huh, up it uh-huh. and like nailed in the yeah. cord with those little hooks. And I was like, Oh, I have some driftwood. I think I'm going to do that and make myself a driftwood lantern. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so arts and crafts is a great thing that you can yeah. work on individual projects next to each other or somehow um, collaborative projects. Yes. Like maybe she can make a lamp shade and you can make the lamp itself or, totally. you know, that's just a suggestion. Yeah. Okay, um, what do you got Morgan? I think the other thing about that pro that, the arts and crafts thing that's great is that it's both creative and collaborative, like you said. So you get that kind of intellectual connectivity, but then it also is uh, a physical process. Mm-hmm. Like you're physically creating something. So it's not exercise mm-hmm. in the same way as like getting a walk kind of gets your whole body, um, you know, p- blood pumping. Yeah. But because it is physical, it it definitely kind of gets your brain, it gets you out of your brain a little yeah. bit. There, there's something to it being an activity where you're using your hands that that is really great um i'm anticipating a potential resistance from the asker i don't know ah. what's their name again guys i, I am guys I, yeah. I don't know i am guys but a lot of people when you suggest something like this they instantly shoot it down with a limiting I'm belief creative. i'm not creative you know <laughs> yeah. it i didn't even have oh, to I say know it. it well <laughs> morgan and i have never discussed this but we both know exactly what people yeah. say i'm not yeah. creative yeah that's something that people with power and who have, that's just, that's a lie that people tell you or that people tell themselves to, because what you're really saying is I'm afraid to be bad. Yes. And yes, it's okay to yes. be bad. You have to give yourself permission to suck at whenever you start at something, it's not going to look like your favorite artist version of that. And guess what? Their first one didn't either. It's okay. Yeah. Your willingness to suck at something is what limits your ability to be good at it. So just make a shitty crayon drawing or whatever it is, you know, make a shitty driftwood lamp, whatever you think would be cool. Make a shitty version of that. If you like making purses or make yourself a new mailbox, yeah. make it weird and bad yeah. and don't spend a lot of money on it initially. Yeah. You know, give yourself a budget of 20 bucks for the night or something like that yeah. and buy a couple materials or get them in a Goodwill and just combine stuff and that you're making art, man. It's like Ratatouille. Yeah. If, you, if you combine two new f- ingredients, you're a chef. Well, if you combine two ideas or two pieces of material in a new way, you're a fucking artist go do it, go have fun. It's not something where you need to be in the Louvre for this to be valuable to you. Yeah. Um, this is something that I've dealt with obviously a ton as an art therapist with people of all ages. Um, but especially adults, older adults, um, because the way that our society is like set up right now, it's like, uh, most people aren't funneled into a path where they, are their inner artists or their inner creators are super nurtured. It's something that we set aside for like these 
particular geniuses that are, you know, amazing singers or amazing painters or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to be creative because I'm not Picasso. Mm -hmm. But creativity is something that we all have. We just most often stop nurturing it outside of childhood, which is so unfortunate. Yes. Um, Man, fucking school. Uh, It's disgusting. School is about disconnecting children from their essential nature, which they are born with. And hey, how do we squash that and make sure they never get it back so they can be good machines to feed the capitalist overlords? Fuck school. Yeah, just like rote (laughs) memorization. Um, Memorization's a good thing, though. Yes, but... I mean, it's like... What? No, just say no. Don't say yes, but... (laughs) Just say no. That's what you mean. Sorry, go ahead. What? Yes. However, in other ways, <laughs> um, like I think that uh, doing there's a there's a uh, in in particularly Asian um, mm-hmm. school systems, mm-hmm. it's prioritized the type of the type of education that incentivizes you to learn how to be, um, you know, good at math, science, engineering and not the arts as much. Dude, did I ever tell you that my high school was the number one ranked Korean high school? Really? For kids in Korea and South Korea. This was like of their, I don't know, one of their big magazines or something, placed Lindsley in Wheeling, West Virginia, the the dorming boarding school. As This is what one of the teachers there told me, my computer That's science wild. teacher. She's like, yeah, if we wanted to, we could fill the entire school with Korean students, but we want to keep it local and keep, you know, the, yeah. the local population, like feeling like part of this community, not just like something where we import these students for four years and then ship them back to their country. That's wild. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Is yeah. It so? Why did they, how did they find you guys? I, well, <laughs> um, it's a high ranked high school, uh, ex-military school mm-hmm, that's been around mm-hmm. for 200 years and they have like a hundred percent college acceptance. Mm. That's like, you have to get that to graduate. And it's also like a uniform and a strict code of discipline hmm. and of building character by like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it honestly was a pretty stifling artistic environment yeah. for a lot of good things that I got out of it. It did not um, value self-expression that much. Yes. And so the, the broader theme um, is, and, and what so much of, my work with people was, is getting them to value the process over mm-hmm. the product. Um, and that's, that's what the issue is with school systems that are all about, like you get this, you do this performance and you get this certain grade. And it's like, everything just adds up to what is this end product and how does it stack up to everyone else versus, uh, an environment where people are encouraged to play and nurture different characteristics and independent thought. I want to, uh, after we answer this question, I want to talk to you about grades in an alternative system okay. that I would love to yeah. explore. Um, but anyway, so all this to say is mm-hmm. with the, with the acti- type of activity that we're trying to suggest yeah. is, uh, overcoming the fear of, well, what would it like to just pl- be, to just play with these materials yeah. rather than like, this has to be a perfect lamp. Right. Free yourself from the fixation on it being a sellable product or something that mm-hmm. compares to what you see at Walmart or wherever right. you're Etsy or Pinterest, whatever. Cause it's about you guys having fun together yeah. and it's not, okay, we need this driftwood lamp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't make something that feels like a necessity. Like cooking yeah. can be that, but then if you fuck up cooking, you don't eat. So it can be like something that, oh, don't, don't try something super yeah. daring. But cooking together is another one that I used to get Blue Apron with a partner of mine and we mm-hmm. had a great time trying out the recipes and dividing like, all right, you're going to chop the shallots. I'm going to uh, season the meat. 
Yeah. We'll come together at the end and then we'll enjoy what yeah. we made together. Yeah. That and one's a little is, expensive though. You yeah. don't need Blue Apron. You can just look up your own recipes online, go to the store, buy totally. cheap ingredients. Totally. You got to eat anyway. You probably save money doing this. <laughs> yeah. But that's a great example of an activity where it's productive, but it has room for creativity and play. May I uh, posit that every activity is like that and the ones that feel like work <laughs> sure. are just the ones that um, we've forgotten are open for play and yeah. we're too fixated on a particular yeah. outcome. Yeah. I um, So my answer to this question was going to be a, a few other activity suggestions, yeah, all of which can be this. Yeah, let's go back and forth on a couple um, activity suggestions. So again, something that's physical mm -hmm. and also productive um, and is good to do in the winter, I think, because again, you're you're more insular, you're not going out as much, is uh, tackling different areas of the house or the apartment, wherever you guys live, and thinking about, okay, like what stuff don't we need? Doing a purge, or reorganizing different things, because um, that can be really uh, fun, productive, and something that you can appreciate for the rest of the year because you did it well in the winter, and you can bring new things in in the spring. Um, I find that I find cleaning and organizing really fun sure. and it can be super creative and super collaborative I like space design too. If, yeah. if we were a, a couple in the winter, this is something that you <laughs> and I would do well together. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I let's just spitball back and forth. Yeah. Okay. I okay. got one. Okay. Um, give yourselves uh, five minutes to write a bad poem about the same <laughs> object yeah. or suggestion. So you, going yeah. off of what Morgan said, go to a specific room in your house, maybe the bedroom, maybe the bathroom, each of you pick something that you have strong feelings about in any direction. doesn't matter what the feelings are. It could be your favorite toothbrush or that disgusting garbage can in the corner that needs traded. Mm -hmm. And uh, you each have five minutes to write a terrible, the worst poem that you can poem mm -hmm. about this thing. And then you share them to each other. I have a strong suspicion that that will be amusing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, you go now. You can if you let yourself. Yeah. Um, okay. So the other thing that's a little more physical to go a little further into that domain is a lot of smart TVs or, you know, any, any TV where you can hook up YouTube, you don't even need a TV for it. Really. You can just use your computer or your phone, whatever, have tons of like free exercise videos oh, yeah. and all different partner types of yoga. activities that you can try. try and so that's yoga. something, yeah, that's something you can set up in your living room. You can, um, it can be really fun too to not even necessarily plan an exercise activity, but just move your big furniture items out of the way to create like a big space in the middle of your living area. Yeah. And just see what your body feels like doing now that you have this giant space in the middle. Like you can dance. Right. Yep. You can That's, Hey, don't steal all my ideas. My turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rob. <laughs> Next recommendation. Smoke some weed. Take turns. Yeah, you guys. They might not weed, be right? able to legally where Whatever, they depending on where they live, just, just get and some, it's not necessary. Get some weed illegally from <laughs> Colombia, and then <laughs> fucking, fucking take Free turns. Free advice does not officially endorse uses of drugs. I, I, I break every law. Move yeah. to Saudi Arabia and smoke weed there. It's um, <laughs> a great couples activity for the winter. Smoke some weed. Um, take turns uh, on Spotify. Or mm -hmm. Hopefully, you have Google Play Music by now, and you've gotten on that train. Um, <laughs> On your music service, just take turns queuing up song, my song, your song, and yeah. teach each other new dances. Yeah. Figure them out, find a game, you know, maybe latch onto a lyric and like the yeah. lyric is about going blind. So you cover your eyes and feel around like you have a stick in front of yeah. you or something, you know, yeah. do kind of like charades to the lyrics. Yeah. That's one fun game you can do with dancing or yeah. just like try and mirror each other. That's another fun dance game. Get physical in that way while you're stoned and listening to music, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have fun. <laughs> 
trust me. Yeah. Um, this is also... Even if you're a bad dancer, don't try that. I'm not creative bullshit on me right now. Okay, just fucking do it. You, if you can move your body, yeah. you can dance. Yeah, if you can move your fingers, if you can move your face, you can. You don't any need part to of your body. be standing to dance. No. Like, anything that you're doing to react to music in time is dancing. Mm-hmm. Do it. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another thing you can do. Get really creative with sex. Have different types of sex. You fucking steal all my ideas. I- <laughs> Amateur porn. (laughs) Okay, the topic is indoor physical collaborative activities. We're going to have some of the same Amateur porn. Set up a webcam. You're going to start making money, and you're going to be able to afford those treadmills by the time I'm done with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And look, if this is the kind of suggestion that you're like listening to it, and you're like, ooh, I don't know about that. This is a real... now Now you know that sex is an option. But also, sex is another super physical, super connecting domain where you can get so creative and you can play with making the tiniest little adjustments, trying this Mm -hmm. move, trying that move, um, adding to different, uh, senses, subtracting different senses, blindfolding, you know, uh, listening to music, not listening to music. Here's some uh, great mm-hmm. sex advice from Masters and Johnson. It's pretty much the what's given to every couple when they start having sexual issues. Okay. Start by limiting it to holding hands. Start by a very first night. All great. you're allowed to do is blank. You yeah. Know, first base, whatever. Mm-hmm. Second night, increase a little bit. Like rework yeah. yourself through the bases. Remember when you first, I don't know what your personal sexual history is, but probably you kissed somebody and then you were shirtless with them and then somebody used their hand on your genitals and then somebody used their mouth on their genitals mm-hmm. or you had sex mm-hmm. at some point, penetration. Don't just think of sex as, well, there has to be penetration and the man has to come and whatever happens with the woman happens. Uh, think of it mm-hmm. as like, there's this whole range of of activity that you can do with your bodies that feels good. And that might be a scalp massage. And that's how you sexually relate to each other tonight or physically relate. That'd be a great, you know, explore and play and play with rules, play with like, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're not allowed to do this tonight. Mm -hmm. You might find that that obstacle builds desire. Mm -hmm. And limitation often breeds creativity. Yeah. Adding a structure where both people feel safe enough that it's not like, oh my God, I've got a huge blank canvas. What the fuck am I going to do with this? But it's like, okay, I can only paint using the color blue. Yeah. That kind of gets your mind thinking. Yeah. That's that's Same creating idea. a game. A blank canvas with no rules is too much. But if you think, okay, I have to only use a Sharpie and I have to do only vertical lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you've given yourself a game. What could I do with that? You know what Robert Frost quote I'm about to say? I surely don't. Please go ahead. Tennis is better with nets. Tennis is better with nets. That's I right. I say that shit all the time. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Tennis without nets is... Chaos. Yeah. You need the net to give you something to hit just over, but not too high. It makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a net in whatever kind of tennis you're going to play. Totally. Totally. I'm good on this. Are you yeah. good on this? Yeah. I think you guys, guys have some places to go you with guys it. guys definitely There's do. obviously way more things, and I'm sure that listening to this will trigger different ideas that you have. Yes. Make a list. Uh-huh. And, um, you know... Board games, card games. Yeah. Fucking, I'm excited for you guys. I know, I'm excited. I'm excited for winter. Those cold yeah, nights that Morgan and I are going to yeah. snuggle up. We're going to make our amateur porn. Woo! We're going to redo our apartment. <laughs> it's going to be great. We're going to get into yeah. woodworking, if you know what I mean. 
<laughs> okay, guys. Please, actually, when, if you do any of these things, yes. please write us at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com oh my God, or yes. just respond to this Reddit yes, thread. If there's anything you're excited about yeah. doing or trying yeah, or if when you have you questions. Try something, I would love a follow-up. And if you want us to talk about it in the podcast, we'd love to hear your experience of what worked, what didn't. Because everybody's dealing with this who's in a couple right now coming into the winter, or a lot of people are. So Individuals, I, too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think oh, Film another yourself thing, jerking off. <laughs> just for fun. Any season is fine. <laughs> <laughs> just do that. <laughs> Good um, money. You're going to buy those treadmills if you do that. <laughs> the last thing I do want to say is because yeah. of the seasonality specifically mm-hmm. is I personally kind of hate winter. I moved to LA because I wanted nothing to do with winter. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that you could also try is to think about what are the things that are difficult about winter or what are mm. like the restrictions that you have that because of winter? Okay. It's cold. Yeah. So how do you create an environment inside that makes it feel warm? Do you like get uh, a tray and you put sand in it and you put your feet in the sand to be like... I'm bringing the beach inside just something creative to be like, okay, yes. how do I negate the things that I hate about this season? And again, give myself some, uh, freedom to try to be creative about rewriting the script of what has to be the winter. If you're interested in this topic, I recommend looking up the Danish concept of huga or hugely, which is spelled H Y G G E L I G T. There's no L's in there. How'd you get hugely? H Y G G E L I G T. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, I believe H Y G G E is Huga. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look this up. It's loosely translated to coziness. It is what the Danes do when they're very dark and very cold winters come around, and they have uh, created this art of conversation where time seems to disappear. Soft clothing, warm tea, candles. Um, mm-hmm. a generally like, uh, warm and embracing womb like space that you can, uh, mm-hmm. share with friends. And that is such a beautiful thing to try to create with other people and a gift for them. If you can set up a space like that and set up a time like that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. We got lots of ways to combat Here the winter go. in there. It's a lightning blizzard. <laughs> Okay. Um, totally different, but Sponsored still. Sponsored by Dairy Queen. <laughs> Dairy Queen recently merged with American Electric Power. <laughs> Try our new lightning blizzard. It's shocking how good this blizzard tastes. Only at participating Dairy Queens. Um, all right. So the next yes, question queen. is also. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. Relationship related, but very different. Uh, it comes to uh, us from Hidden snipper hidden snipper i don't know what this is h-i-d-n hyphen s-n the number two p-e-r okay whatever just read it (laughs) let my friend borrow my nintendo switch he will not give it back and has cut all forms of contact i do not have my own car what do i do Ooh. yeah i'm afraid that your friend actually robbed you He, um, he's playing the Nintendo bait and switch. Next question. <laughs> so, so what does he do aside from just laughing at that? No, clever man. Pun? No, this sucks. Hey, thank you. Uh, <laughs> your friend sounds like they took it first. Assume the best second prepare for the worst third. You know, how is this an opportunity for growth? What does this tell you? What can you learn from this? 
How can this not just be a thing that sucks? Does this tell you that this friend is untrustworthy? Does that point to a pattern, perhaps, of you having friends that are untrustworthy? If that's the case, what do you need to do? Yeah. Um, is this... Is it perhaps that your friend is in trouble and can't contact you? That's, you know, when someone's late for a date, there's always like, ah, can't believe they're late. And then when they're like an hour late, you're like, oh, were they in an accident? Are they dead? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. maybe they're in trouble. Consider that. What do you need to do if that's the case? Mm -hmm. You know, ask mutual friends or look mm. online to see if like, is that's there a way a that this idea. person is mutual friends. still right? So try and see, is this person robbing me? <laughs> if not. Um, how can I help them? If I want to help them, is it my responsibility to help them? If they have already robbed you and there's yeah. no way to get in touch or get the device back, then Third, <laughs> do you want to buy a switch? Would yeah. you be comfortable getting a used switch at a discount? Would you like the switch light, which just came out? Maybe you don't <laughs> use it in dock mode. Maybe you just use it in handheld mode. Well, you can save a hundred dollars by getting one of the switch lights. Um, you know, consider that. Would it, is there any value in you not having this system for a, a period of time until you can afford a new one? I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to help you view things through the lens of what if this thing that looks like a really shitty thing could be a gift somehow long term? Because when you have that perspective, yeah. all of a sudden you're not a victim. You can always ask that question of how does this suck for me or how is this great for me? I recommend the how is this great for me question, even in those moments and especially in those moments when it's a lot easier to ask, how does this suck? Yeah. And I I always like to just plug my little piece of like, yeah, this does suck. And it sucks that your generosity was taken advantage of yeah. because if that's the most likely answer, that's the most likely answer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sometimes it is just going, well, fuck, that sucked. And if and when you're ready to ask yourself, how could this be a gift? Even though I acknowledge that it sucks, go for it. Um, and if there are lessons to be learned, always go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could also ask for other, ask other people. If you have other friends who have them, who have one, maybe you're not ready to buy it again yourself or the idea of buying another one is too triggering. Um, ask someone who, you know, has one, if you can come over and play with it a little bit and <laughs> what? Just, can I play with your switch just yeah, a little bit? Just a little bit, because my friend stole mine. Can I just listen to the startup sound on your switch? <laughs> can I just smell it? I just need a switch fix. I just need my switch. No, nah, man, this sucks. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, dude. And there's some great games. You know, you got Luigi's Mansion Three right now. It just came out. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, don't rub it in his scared face. Scared Luigi. On, I've heard there are 15 <laughs> floors in this mansion. Whoa. Luigi's got to suck these ghosts up as vacuum. <sighs> Dude, Luigi's, I just want to comfort a scared Luigi this holiday season, and I wouldn't at all judge you for wanting the same thing. It makes sense to me. A lot of my friends are doing it. We're all comforting scared Luigis, and what the fuck? I'm going to be the only one who doesn't comfort a scared Luigi because my friend took my switch? My so-called person that I thought was a friend. What is this, a ghost? What am I, Luigi? Is, am I fucking, now I'm in a, some of my own haunted mansion and my friends are taking my switch and my vacuum won't work to suck them up. I'm trying to vacuum this friend into my, my big backpack vacuum. I get it, man. That sucks. I hope you get to play Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, yeah. All right. So 
I want to ask you, Rob, do you want to take on one more question as a part Fuck of the lightning yeah. round, or do you want to address the main question this week? No, we're like a half hour in. Let's do another lightning round All question. right. So this one comes from I Am A Good Potato, which I love that username. I knew you'd love that. That's so I read great. the name, and I was like, Morgan's going to laugh when she sees <laughs> I Am A Good Potato. <laughs> I love it because it's like trying to like convince, you know? Like, I am a good potato. I am. <laughs> It's like I'm one of the good potatoes. Yeah, a potato is never something that's associated with positive. Like no one really? identifies as a potato as like, guess what? I'm a hot potato. <laughs> well, my mommy's called me sweet potato okay. a lot. So that you know, that's there's... a yam though. I mean, that's just not a potato that is sweet. Sweet potatoes are categorically different from regular potatoes. Okay, you know but I'm mean? just trying to come up with a positive potato sure. example. A good potato, like potatoes are plain. They're they're like a filler. You know, it's like mm. a, it, a potato can be tasty, but on its own, it's just a fucking, it's a little root nugget. I really <laughs> think that potatoes are good, almost almost universally, They're good. except for couch potatoes. Okay. A, a potato on its own, yeah. I doubt you've ever eaten. Raw? Even cooked. Have you ever just eaten Just like one a plain with, baked yeah, potato, without, basically? Without salt and butter or bacon bits or sour cream. I still or, think... I still think it's like has potential, you know, it's loaded Mm -hmm. with potential. The potato is loaded with (laughs) potential. (laughs) Okay. Um, Whatever. You get what I'm saying. Potato is like, okay. When people take a shitty picture, mm -hmm. um, they say they look like a potato. No, no, no. They say that their phone is a potato. They're like, oh, I'm using a potato to take this picture. (laughs) What? I've never heard of that. (laughs) There's a a potato gun that can't really hurt anybody because it's (laughs) shooting pieces of potato. (laughs) Or actual giant potatoes. That's a potato cannon, I suppose. Um, But um, potato zuka. Um, on with the question. Sorry. I think you get the, it. But the potato is generally sort of a blank canvas it's, it's of a food. It's bland. It's like a vehicle for other things. Right. Which to not... me is good. Okay. And usually though, people, when they describe something as a potato, it means it's like a harmless, lifeless, like mm. it's a potato. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Going into potato mode and doing nothing. <laughs> it's couch potato. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Ha. So a I, good said that, I said that a couple oh, minutes ago. <laughs> I was so fucking in it's love okay. with my own idea, jerking off over here. I don't got time for you. <laughs> okay. <I'll>, Stroking. <laughs> Next. Uh, as much as You're I welcome. want to take 20 minutes and read into that aside, um, this poor good potato is yeah. eagerly awaiting the oh, answer to our question. We talk about grades after this. Okay, oh, yeah, go, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think a potato gets like a B. <laughs> How do you tell the difference between a guy that isn't into you and a guy that just can't take a hint? Mm. I would love for you to take this primarily because you're a guy. How can you tell the difference between a guy that isn't into you and a guy that just can't take a hint? Right. Like is missing. You're you're trying to send them signals like, hey, I want, I'm interested in you. Yeah. Like do something about it. And they're – how do you know if they're not seeing it? Because literally sure. men's might just, nervous systems yeah. are, don't pick up as much information as women. And we often think mm. we're being so obvious and that it's one, not. I, I, However – I think that what you just said could be – is just wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. Men's nervous systems yeah. don't pick up as much information. Yes, 100%. Women are more Maybe sensitive to stimuli. Cues. Yes, but there are other cues that a man is picking up on that I, I just don't think that men are not like women have a stronger sense of smell. Women are definitely more agreeable and more aware of social environments. And in, in I think general. men generally tune out more um, information generally. It, yeah, I think so. Why is there a uh, the threshold for something reaching there? I think it's different. Thing information. is higher. 
I mean, uh, verbal reasoning versus spatial reasoning. You can see this difference in the sexes mm-hmm. in broad trends, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, men are paying more attention to space and systems and women are paying more attention to feelings and mm. uh, expression. It is, this is a masculine true. feminine difference. And I just think that to say that men are just receiving less data is- uh, No, I think biologically that's the case. I disagree. Or I, I would love I, to see- I believe that I've heard that is okay. what I'm saying. Gotcha. I would challenge that research. But- okay. Well, let's- We'll dig into the research later. It's probably just different <laughs> tendencies. Yeah, so that's okay. Good. Okay, so the question was, and I think you were onto something valuable. I'm yes. just nitpicking about totally, language now, totally. but I do think that there's that's also a thing about the frequency of your voice. Um, yeah. If your voice is higher, more men oh. will like tune it out. I just a little heard bit this. More. I just heard this about. Um, there's like a a woman who presents information on the subway of like where the next stop is because people are more likely to receive that kind of information from a female voice. Hmm. And then a male voice chimes in with stand back from the door because commands people are more mm. likely to respond to a male voice. Like that lower. Yeah. Somebody was talking about this in yeah. some podcast or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're talking about their drug realizations and something like, yeah. oh, we have to do that. The programming is there because that's more effective. We don't have to, but it's a good way to, okay. Yeah. The question here. (laughs) We are all over the place today, but I kind of love it. (laughs) Me too. Y'all are having fun. Let me just make a recommendation (laughs) for this podcast. You don't got to pay attention to the whole thing, okay? You don't need to sit there with your note and your, put your paper and your notes away and just fucking let this wash over you like the warm candlelight that it is. Me and Morgan are two people who like each other a lot. I would say even love each other. (laughs) And isn't it nice to be around two people who uh, love each other and have laughter and have stimulating conversations and like, you know, challenge each other and then support each other and fucking just have a good time. It's like riding in the car with parents that aren't fighting. Oh, that's year two, the new name of the podcast, riding in the car with parents that aren't fighting. (laughs) (laughs) And you're in the driver's seat. And you're in the driver's seat. And you can let yourself be the kid and the responsible adult at the same time. you can fucking hit pause. You can turn the volume up. You can turn it down. You can fast forward through the part where Morgan's talking about, you know, her latest Tinder date or whatever. (laughs) Oh, shots fired. Um, Drive-by shooting. (laughs) Yes. Mommy and daddy are fighting. I would like to say. (laughs) (laughs) Couple things. Number one, we want you to receive this in an active way. We don't want you to just, we like, let it wash over you in the sense of it's loose, but like, you don't have to just be a passive consumer of our podcast. You can say what you do and don't like. You can talk to us oh, by yeah, emailing us. You sure. can, you know, they, choose what parts you us? like to listen to. Free advice podcast at gmail.com. That's Gmail, just in case you didn't hear her accent. Gmail. Yeah. <laughs> if you couldn't weed through that accent. Gmail, the only email that counts for anything. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I need to say to you right now yeah. is I'm in a committed ass relationship. Ooh. I ain't going on no Tinder dates. I ain't got none of them apps on my phone. Not that there's a judgment for anyone who does, because I did for a long time, found it super useful. You can Didn't be a, make me in less a committed of a relationship and still be on Tinder. Just uh, of course. something out. However, right now, that's my status. Cool, man. Anyway. Stoked to hear that. We got a question from a good <laughs> potato. And I feel like this is a potato that we've been neglecting. It's been on the side dish for a while, and we've been focusing on our main course, which is each other, and this bullshit we got going in the room. But potato, I just want to say, I'm sorry we didn't get to your question. Okay, what's next? (laughs) Okay, so how can you tell the difference between a guy who is just not into you and a guy who is not getting your signals for some reason? Yes. Okay, so it's... I think you want to evaluate how much is this guy picking up signals in general. Great start. Yeah. So here's what you do. You go to Google, (laughs) you type in free autism test. (laughs) 
the first link that Jesus. shows up that is not an ad, you just print that page. Assuming it's a free autism test, you know, not somebody who's gamed Google. Yeah. <clears throat> you um, take these pages and you, you take two copies and you go up to your crush and you say, hey, I just found this free autism test that I'm going to take. Do you want to take it with me? It doesn't matter what you do with yours. This is just to give him company while he's filling it out and you evaluate his answers. <laughs> to afterwards. make him feel less Yeah, like, hey, small. we're both going to do this. I'm not just evaluating you for autism. I'm just interested if I'm autistic too. Okay. So you both take the free autism test. You look at his score. If it's really high and he's really autistic, then you need to say, okay, I've been trying to communicate to you that I like you. And I think because you're autistic, you're not getting that. <laughs> And maybe that's something I'm really attracted to about you is yeah. your your lack of emotional awareness and your over-systematization because maybe I'm a really emotionally aware person and you are my polar opposite and there's something about that difference about you that makes you really intriguing to me. Say that to him and depending on how autistic he really is, <laughs> he, may, he may like have a meltdown or he might just not process it. So keep, you know, you can pick up on emotional cues, it seems like. Keep um, checking in with him as you're communicating this stuff about how you like him and just see, all right, am I giving him too much? Is he scared? Is he withdrawing or is he approaching? You want to say things that open him and make him uh, approach you. And ultimately, in order to do any of this, you have to be okay with the idea that he might not be into you totally. and, and accepting of that. In order to get the girl, you have to be willing to lose her. This is the best advice that was written in Neil Strauss's The Game, that terrible piece of shit pickup artist book that everyone hates. <laughs> there are some nuggets of wisdom in there, yeah. and that is one of them. And the way that you do that is by uh, Honest not being so attached to any particular outcome. And this mm. is a lifelong thing of you know, being okay with yourself as a single person, providing your own support and finding support through friendships where it's like, Hey, it would be fun to date this person, but I'm going to be okay if I don't have them because I've found love elsewhere through maybe my family, maybe my friends, maybe myself and my pursuit of hobbies and things that enrich my life. And if you're doing that, no one boy is going to seem like the answer to everything that is so important that you get him to like you because you can remember, Oh yeah, I felt that way before about somebody and I'm going to feel that way about somebody else again. Um, I have a few things to add. First of all, as a woman who has had to ask myself this question about umpteen billion times, um, it sucks. It's hard. It's hard to be like, you feel like, oh my God, I'm screaming at this person. Um, and maybe your actual output is more like, but to you, it feels like you're doing these big giant gestures and it's like, how could he not be noticing that I'm doing yeah. X, Y, and Z? And the reality is sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other. Sometimes yeah. he's not paying attention because he's not interested in you. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when a guy is interested in you, he's analyzing you and looking at you through that same level of attention. Yeah. And um, so if that were the case, probably possibly he would be picking up on those signals. However, there have also been times where I've thought, oh my God, I'm communicating so clearly and I'm blaring my figurative horn. Yeah. And the guy is like, oh, I had no idea that was happening. I thought you meant this, blah, 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 blah. Because everyone is filtering their um, 
actions and words and all those things through the lens of every past experience they've had and their general configuring before that. Largely assuming that everybody else is like them. Exactly. And they're not, that's the usual error. Yes. (laughs) Um, and so what may to you feel like, oh my God, this is so cringy. I'm doing something that looks so desperate. It actually might be something really small and barely perceptible. Um, but of course there is the possibility, um, you know, like Rob advocated for you preparing for that he is noticing and he's not that interested yeah. or the fact that he's not noticing is an indication that he's not that interested. Or maybe he I have has no idea. such low self-esteem that he is seeing the signals and uh-huh. thinking there's no way that this person's actually exactly. into me. There are a lot of people like that yes. that think, yes. Hey, this would be flirting if I was someone who's attractive, yes. but I'm not attractive. Yes. So they're clearly not flirting with me. I'm yes. mistaking this. That was sort of, that was exactly what I was hoping to get at before yeah. I got lost in my own little loop there of like, he's looking at the situation probably from the perspective of I'm not worthy and you're, perhaps. you might be going, I'm not worthy, whatever. It's yeah. Perhaps. But a lot of times we do that. We mm-hmm. think everyone else sees us in the very insecure, small way that we see ourselves. Yes, which the world has shown us ourselves as mm-hmm. a means of selling us back our confidence. And then also we we look for evidence. It's confirmation bias. We look for evidence that supports the things that we already believe about mm-hmm. ourselves. And so we're often filtering out the things that go counter to that. So that's sort of what Rob is saying about if if this guy is has a fixation or has a has a conviction that he's not being flirted with, no one pays attention to me, whatever, whatever. In order to preserve that idea, he's not looking at your advances. Yeah. And we have no way of knowing um, without more honest, open, direct communication from you to him, which is the case, really. I think you want an easy trick or something that will Mm -hmm. make this easier. If he blinks three times when he looks at you, that's how you know. (laughs) Um, So there is a huge uh, personal growth, long, long cut the non-shortcut <laughs> version of this, but I'm going to give you a shortcut too, just to make this answer a little more satisfying. Yeah. Um, yawn near him. Sometime mm-hmm. when you're both paying attention to something else and you're in the same group, people yawn as a involuntary reaction when they see somebody else yawn. If he's paying attention to you, even out of the corner of his eye and you yawn, he's more likely to yawn too. Now this isn't yeah. a surefire sign, but it's of something course. if you want to gamify yeah. this and use a little sneaky tactic, there you go. Yeah. Have fun with that. It's a little it's a little empathy indication. Yes. Um, and what you just said about empathy just makes me want to talk about, <laughs> he may be a very systematizing person and not that in touch with empathy and you may be very empathetic and you're frustrated that he's not. I think that Feminine people just want masculine people to be more feminine and masculine people just want feminine people to be more masculine. And this plays out all the time across men and women who may be at various polls or or partners who are at these polls and just try to accept people for what they are. Oh, one last piece of advice is um, the, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I'm going to get it. Give me a second. Don't, don't touch me. Ah, if you're scared about coming out and saying how much you like him and doing that whole dramatic gesture, just think about what would be the smallest thing that you would enjoy doing with him um, one-on-one or with a group of people, something that takes a baby step towards the intimacy that you might be interested in with this person and ask them to do just that. You know, hey, do you want to grab coffee after class? Do you want to... um, join me for my friend's art opening. I'm going to go to this thing. Something that you're doing anyway, and you can invite them along to. Lower stakes, much easier than, hey, can I talk to you about something really important? 
I love you and I've always loved you and I always will love you. You know, that's a hard conversation I would never start there for the record. Eh, eh, under extreme circumstances, that might work or be good or just, you yeah. know, feel honest. But in this case, sounds like you have some uh, concern about approaching this person, being open with your feelings. Then start with just the smallest step towards the type of relationship that you might want to have and be okay with the answer being no and whatever you need to do to be okay with the no. Yeah. Give yourself that first and then ask them along. Hey, do you want to go? to this movie, I'm going to go with my friend or I'm going to go alone and you can come if you want. Yeah. Uh, I think the last thing that I want to leave you with is regardless, it doesn't change anything about your value, your attractiveness, your ability to find someone who is the right person for you. It's just this one person right now is not interested or, you know, maybe is, but whatever, regardless of this person's interest or lack of interest, you are a good potato. You are a good potato. <laughs> and somebody's going to want to eat ya. <laughs> somebody's hungry for a potato just like you. Yeah. They're going to put you in their oven. Yeah. Going to butter you up. Yeah. Salt you. Chives. Chive you. Bake-o- imitation bacon bits. Oh. <laughs> 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 and you're going to be I really delicious. Really want to bake potato. Going to be delicious for somebody. You already are delicious, but they're going to dress you up just right and then they're going to eat you and they're going to poop you out their butt. Have fun. <laughs> Pachoo! That's the pooping out the butt and the lightning round over. Thank you. Signal. Now right. we have to talk about grades. Okay. Before our main question today. Please. What did you say about grades earlier? Uh, that they were reflective of our focus on the product, product over the process. And how your product compares to other students' products. Well, and like, it's like, okay, so here's all this information about history and you have to cram it in your brain and memorize it so you can do well on this test. But yes. then nobody fucking learns anything because it's all memorization and regurgitation. And it's not about actually learning the fucking thing. Right. Um, memorization is a useful type of learning. However, it may be over applied. I think that the main educational error is focusing too much on presentation of, of appearing like you've mastered a skill mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. proving to some temporary judge on a certain yeah. day that it appears like, Oh, this child reflects well on its parents and its school mm-hmm. system and they seem to have it. And then it doesn't matter what happens after that. Right. This is right. music performance. Just be able to play Resume this building. classical piece sounding in a way that sounds really good and it doesn't matter whether you ever learn to actually play the piano it doesn't matter whether yeah. you actually learn to hear and um it's just about you like we're automating this process and you to, to if you can do this single performance you know it's like instead of learning another language people learn how to um recite a certain series of syllables Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense to them in French. And then everyone claps when they say it with no Uh accent. And then you put them in France and they don't know how to ask where the bathroom is. That's what school does for you in in many different categories. And I like what you said too, because I've had this, I've had this thought a lot and I actually want to, I want to incorporate it into my music that I made about how the school system uh, exploits parental anxiety. Mm. Yes. Anyway. Great. I'm interested in that and help you explore that idea (laughs) and and exploring it with you. Here's my suggestion Uh or what I've thought about for a while. Grades don't make sense to me 
say that you're misaligned in your year. Say that I'm, I did math at a higher level than students my age. Ah, okay. Um, they considered moving me ahead in math. I eventually I did. Um, but in like third grade or so they talked about putting me in the fourth grade math class Mm -hmm. or fifth grade math class or something. Um, uh, should I get an A for not working mm. and just like, you know, knowing how to do something on my calculator and getting all the answers right? Should I get the best? Should I be rewarded the same as the kid who started at a first grade level and has worked really hard, gotten 90% of the problems right, and uh, their grade is now a A minus or something, whereas I get 100% of the problems right by doing nothing. And I haven't learned anything this year because I was already at a fifth grade level mm-hmm. and I'm just going through the motions because this is the class that they have me in. Yeah. I get an A plus and he gets an A minus. Something is not represented by those grades. Something important that I think that we all value, which is how much has this person improved from their starting point? Mm-hmm. And to, uh, that's a process. And, and that's, I think, a better, healthier way to evaluate yourself. And what Jordan Peterson says is the most common error um, in learning a new skill is uh, failure to set the bar low enough and comparing yourself right. to who somebody else is today instead of who you were yesterday. Right. So if we have a grade for um, that is a personalized grade of how much did this person improve from their starting point? Take like a diagnostic on the first day of school and I'll just put it in physical terms. How much can this person uh, bench? You know, this kid can bench 100 pounds. This kid can bench 200. Um, if... The kid who was benching 200 pounds at the beginning is benching 190. And the kid who was basing, benching 100 pounds at the end of it um, is benching 190. Well, should they both get an A? Or should the kid who's fallen, you know, there should be a separate grade mm-hmm. that is perhaps more valued by parents and teachers and people evaluating yeah. children, which shows their own personal growth. And because everyone has different talents, this would allow for kids to, um, and you still have the other grade, which is objective score. But the problem is right now, grades mean nothing because everyone is afraid for their kid to get anything less than an A. So all the fucking kids at my school who did the work got A's and I didn't know what I was actually better than anybody else at because we all got A's. And I was particularly gifted with words, I believe, and with certain artistic expression. And I noticed this in essays. I was like, theirs is a fundamentally sound essay, but mine had an idea which you never covered in class and made a connection that theirs mm-hmm. is not. They're just synthesizing information and they're not putting their own spin on it. And it took me much longer right. to figure that out, that this is a unique thing about me, mm-hmm. that I have this artist's perspective, you might say, a skewed way of looking at the world, which is interesting to many people. Um, it's like an X factor that school, does, my school, the Korean one, did, <laughs> <laughs> did not value. It got I got an A plus and so did the valid Victorian in my class. And their essay was just like, regurgitating what had happened in class pretty much. And mine took in some outside thing. And I thought like, Hey, isn't there something good about, are you noticing what I'm doing here? Or there's a sense of humor to it, or there's like a style points. Yeah. So I will say, I'm going to make a counterpoint just because why the fuck not. Um, I went to a, uh, small private school. Um, and I had a couple of teachers that would, you know, withhold the, the A, from you, um, you know, give you the A minus and, or the B plus and, and try to motivate you to get over that hump of going that extra mile. And I would just kill myself to do it. Um, and I think that, I guess my, I don't really have much to say other than, 
you know, there, there's, there's a problem no matter kind of where you come from when you're trying to evaluate someone because there's, there's an unevenness, like you said, of like, okay, so just because the teacher has high expectations of me because I'm, oh, I'm consistently getting good grades, yeah. but they're trying to get me to go for something that's excellent or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But that's driving me so crazy because I'm working so hard in all these different ways and in the subjects where I'm not as good to try to blah, 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 blah. And so I'm burning out. And because I'm a perfectionist that's achievement oriented to death, like I'm not as a holistic organism doing better because of that. Ooh, I really earned that a, because I really did brought in this literary element and did this unique, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so in that way, performing against myself hurt me. I'm sorry, I didn't follow completely. Can you sure. try and so summarize in a, it? In, yeah. a, in a system or in a class, partic- you know, professor to professor, maybe there's differences between what they value and then what sure. their grades reflect. Sure. And so in my and case- that's good too. Yeah, yeah. I think that you want a kid to not just have one system of look, because then they'll do better mm-hmm. with some teachers who are more aligned with them, and they may yeah. gravitate towards, hey, yeah. this class is the one that I actually care about. This is the person who thinks yeah. like me. This is the person I can identify yeah. with. So the point I was trying to make, not succinctly, but now realize, is yes, I think that there is, overall it's better to compete against yourself than everyone else. However, as a kid who was high achieving and literally like fucking dead set on getting the best grades possible for who knows what reason to prove I was good enough to my parents, I don't know. Um, being, being held up against my own standard, which was already high, was very grueling for me. Because in order to get that extra like perfect grade, yeah, I mean, I say this is more of an issue with your parenting style than with the school system of like, sure. if it was acceptable, if you didn't have these conditions of self-worth placed on you, mm-hmm. then I think it's a more tolerable thing to be like, I think kids benefit from being pushed to their edge or, or having mm-hmm. the, that challenge presented to them as an option. Sure. sure. And I if often I hadn't had to have the perfect have it because it's a way to know yourself, you know, of like, how do I perform? Where is my limit? And mm-hmm. what is the edge that I can get to? And, and then to push two to 3% past like mm-hmm. that thing that you think you can do. And, and then you grow every time that you're like, wow, I broke six minutes on my mile. I ran it in 5:58. Fuck yeah. I did that. Uh, I thought I couldn't do it in under six minutes. That was mm-hmm. a moment for me where I was like, Hmm, I grew and somebody pushed me and I was appreciative that they believed in me and they told me, Hey, you can do it faster than that. I know you can. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't about the A, it was about the personal satisfaction of watching myself get better. Mm. There were a lot of classes, unfortunately, where I was ahead of other people and I felt like I couldn't get in the water to swim because somebody at the beach had never learned to. And so we all had to stay on the beach and I couldn't mm. practice my swimming skills as metaphorically. You know, right. I couldn't move ahead because there was somebody else who didn't have it yet and we were all going to move as a group. And then I started to think, fuck the group. I don't like this group that's making me bored and making yeah. me unstimulated. And that's yeah. a lot of those kids get pushed ahead. I didn't. Social reasons, I think it was good. Intellectual development reasons, I think it's, I've wasted time. I guess though, like the more that I look back on the way that I was educated and raised and all of these things is I, intellectualism and achievement just 
isn't as important to me as it was. And I do mm. think there is kind of an upper limit where you're too fucking smart for your own good. Cause you're, mus- you're miserable. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe, yeah, maybe if I hadn't, if I had felt more entitled to disappoint that English teacher and not strive for that a plus. Yeah. I could have not, you know, I could have not pursued it to that extent. I could have been okay with the grade that I had. Um, but on the other hand, part of me was like, fucking isn't enough enough. I'm so I'm working so hard. You know, a big problem, I think, in our culture that surround that kids internalizes this message that they're worthy if they're the best. Right. If they get the best possible in every category, then they're worthy. And so many fucking I mean, we both went to Duke. So many kids have Mm -hmm. such crippling um, insecurity as a result of this conditional self-worth that we most of the people there, I think, defined. Okay, I'm valuable because I got all A's and if I got to be. Oh no, I'm bad. All you know. No, oh, I was in that group same, for sure. Same. And I've and yeah, I've only realized like that, in that's grad a really school, damaging I ass thing. And it also, I you know, I made it through school with all A's. Not at college, I started to stop give a fuck because I was like, uh, employers aren't looking at grades. But right, I got all the way through high school. Okay, so which thing am I the best at? Okay, so what's the thing that is my calling? Mm. They're all equal, and people who are praising me are saying hundred, 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 or whatever, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. close like that. Um, and the fluctuations between grades were more, uh, about the teacher's grading system than in right. my actual aptitude in the class right. or my interest right. in the subject. Right. So I'm like, I don't know what the, f- I guess psychology. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like we're taught to go for like someone else says, oh, you would be really good at this. You should do this. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking inward at like, okay, what am I maybe not necessarily the, have been shown to be the best at, but what do I enjoy? Because wherever you choose you'll be the best at that the thing that you're passionate about because you're willing to invest if you love it the most as long as you know if you're four foot tall and your love is basketball (laughs) there you may not be the best at that but generally (laughs) the thing that you love versus the thing that you're naturally talented at you'll spend more effort on the thing that you love and if it's a learnable skill it's something that you'll be the best at that eventually and no matter what for you. you end up starting with you want to learn and grow at it no matter what. You're going to get better at it. Yeah, the point you know, is You're going to have to keep working on it. We think the point is growth. I think for an individual, if you're focusing on the well-being of the individual, yeah. growth is the thing totally. to focus on. If you're thinking about the well-being of the group, then probably output is the thing to focus on. Mm. But I would argue that output can only sustain a person so long. And if you're focused entirely on output, they will have a short-lived career they will feel disconnected and they will stop at some, they will not continue to, that's a fear-based um, Yeah. Well, it's, system. I think also having an internal motivational uh, metrics yeah. versus external um, it is important again to sustain Intrinsic, that motivation. Uh, motivation. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. So what do you want to do? This, let's make this the episode. Great. And uh, we can do two big ones next time or something like that. Great. Great. I've, I really valued this conversation. Thanks for letting us Me depart too. from the forum to talk about this. And I think yeah. we're going to fix the school system <laughs> next <laughs> year podcast on <laughs> chapter two, <laughs> season two of Free Advice. Free Advice, where we just knock on doors of schools and be like, this is what you should do. <laughs> Free advice plus where we pay you to listen to the advice. It's better than free. It costs you negative money. Uh Uh-huh. You stand to gain in so many ways. Yes. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, Snuggle up with that body pillow or that boyfriend pillow. And, um, you know, sleep on your side if you can. It's the healthiest way to sleep. Really? Yeah. Um, 
and apes do it naturally and they're pretty similar to them and you know you'll have the fewest breathing problems back problems neck problems if you sleep on your side with something in between your legs ideally something under your arm and your head supported just enough so that it can be uh, level with your spine and your head's not tilted one way or the other and uh, get cozy don't get too warm night sweats mean a worse sleep it's okay to be a little chilly babies slept outside forever yeah i think the optimal temperature to sleep in is like 68 degrees yeah maybe even a little too chilly than what you're comfortable with but yeah yeah and uh one good thing you can do is take a hot shower before you go to bed (laughs) because your body will start cooling itself in the hot shower and it'll continue cooling itself as you go to sleep so that's a good sleep aid and uh i love you all thank you for listening Please do it again. Yeah. And send us your request for advice to freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. And we always forget to do this. But if you like this podcast, yeah. rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friend. Tell your friends. You, know, you can link them. Hey, listen to it starting at 23 minutes and 45 seconds. That's because this a- is the exact problem I have with you. You stole my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I want it back. <laughs> listen to these two fucking randos on the internet talk about what a dick you are. Yeah. Not yeah. a dick, a rude person. Okay. A dick, I'll say it. I won't. That's Morgan's choice. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>